Is that loud enough for you? And we're back <laughs> with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 343, a.k.a. Year 7, Week 41, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richard Rich, along with MC and KS. And we do this thing live on Saturdays, uh, Saturday afternoons on Clubhouse. So join the club. The club's name is the Anarchist Experience. Uh, get in there, get the notifications when we do the live show if you want to participate. Uh, alternatively, you can follow me. I only have the one club, at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, and I can hit the little button that informs you that I've started the room. Um, that being said, what is going on with you guys this week? Uh, not much. Well, don't be <laughs> shy now. We, we talked about so much on the pre-show and you guys are like, exactly. fuck it, let's right, do right it now. live. Let's have that conversation. With right, so now right. we hit the record button. Now the we got to have the conversation. The most interesting thing <laughs> I've got that juice I read, for days. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cass. <laughs> the most interesting thing that I read in The Economist magazine this week, or actually I, I think it was this week. Yeah, it's the, the latest edition. Of course, it's probably a month old by the time it gets to The Economist magazine and then onto my door and before I actually read it. But uh, fucking print the magazines, cal- man, they can't keep up with the internet. That's that's right. But it is fun to just hold it right in my hands and say, the state of California has passed a law saying that large, starting in 2024, large retailers with more than 500 employees will no longer be permitted to offer just boy and girl sections for toys and other childcare items in their stores. They must also add a gender neutral section. <laughs> how does that even work right like i know that it's merchandised a certain way right but i also know that boys tend to gravitate towards the boy section and girls tend to gravitate towards the girl section and if you intermingle the two boys will find the boy toys intermixed with the girly shit and girls will do the same and i don't know what gender neutral looks like because they're toys right well then instead of having a barbie doll in the girl section and a no ken doll doesn't appear in the boys section the no ken he's doll in the girl section too the girl section too so uh okay so there's gi joe that's in the uh in the no, boys section i think you're missing the point the point is they're gonna have to have a section designed for transgender kids I know, but I don't know what that looks like because to me, the the toy store is already gender neutral, right? <laughs> They're just merchandised for the convenience of the consumer, right? Yeah, like, really I can though. go, but I can go to the bo- I can go to the girls section, right? I have walked through the girls section as a child in the toy store, and I went, nope, I don't want any of that. And then I conveniently <laughs> went to the boys section to get the toys that I wanted. And the only thing well, that you, go ahead. See, that's what's wrong with society. Uh, sure, guys are guys are 
are taught that they can only be soldiers and truck drivers and policemen, and girls are only taught to be nurses and and uh, nurses and sex idols. So, uh, uh, and and now you need to you, you need to uh, have a neutral section where a, a girl can be a, a a scientist and a guy can be a a nurse. They already have that. That's Barbie. <laughs> that's the fucking idea behind Barbie. That's why there's so many different varieties of Barbie is so that girls understand that they can be whatever they want. I think the most disturbing thing I used to work at KB toys, which is why I know some of this merchandising stuff The someone came in and was like, let me get like the pregnant Barbie. <laughs> you can't no, I can find. And we had teen pregnant skipper, right? Like it, it was a thing. He's like, Oh shit. You know, I was I was trying to make a joke, but you have the you have the toy that I thought I wanted, right? What there really is a teen pregnant skipper? Yeah, it was it was some weird shit. I don't I I, wow. I think I called it that. I don't know if it was named that, but it was it was skipper with a baby in part of the packaging. She didn't have a big tummy. She had a a, a little baby that that she carried around with her. Yeah, I think the, I think the baby and the tummy was a part of it. Like there was definitely a bump, but it also came with the baby accessory. Wow, huh? Right. So, so these things exist. Um, but I, I, so what does, again, what does gender neutral look like? Right. Like there's, you know, I, I play a lot of video games. Well, I go to the video game section. There's, they're categorized, you know, mostly alphabetically. Is that gender neutral? Cause there's no well, like girly games. Monopoly is gender neutral because it doesn't have anything to do with gender. So is that, does that, is that what they mean by a section that doesn't have anything to do? Well, with then gender? that's the board game section. Right. Well, I mean, like, there could be other toys that are gender neutral. There could be no, girl board like games, balls. And boy board games. Like everybody likes balls. Yeah, and the balls are usually <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. The ball, the balls are usually not in the boy section either. They're usually in a basket, kind of just you yeah. know, in the sports, in the sporting goods section, where you can mm-hmm. find your sports toys. Mm-hmm. That's gender neutral. I I except- agree. Except they well, make the, sports the stuff for point girls of it and sports stuff that, for that, boys. The stage is mandating this stuff and and uh, has no business telling a retailer how they to, should merchandise their their uh, their stuff. I mean, this I, is the ultimate. I don't think it's enforceable ultimately. Well, that's oh, okay. Can, so it is definitely enforceable. The problem is it appears to be unenforceable, which means the state will make up whatever shit they want in order to f- enforce their rules, right? You go like, no, this is the gender neutral section. They go, nope, you know, like pornography, we know it when we see it, and we have decided that this is not gender neutral enough, and then bam, well, they, fine. They've got half of the population in California will be their their spies, and they'll go into a store and they'll say, oh, I'm going to file a complaint. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the Department of, of Gender Neutrality and report you guys, and then of course the officials who also have jobs because of this will come down and and hand out uh, paper slips uh, saying that you've got uh, uh, a week to repair this, or it's a thousand dollar fine. I mean, they they, they it's a job making opportunity for them, and uh, and a snoop making opportunity. Yeah, you can bet it's going to be enforceable. That's what I'm but saying. California is going to be the land of the Karens, huh? Yeah, <laughs> for everything. Right, like you know, even toys. The, the the mom goes into the store and doesn't, you know, the toy is merchandised that in a way that she doesn't deem, you know, appropriate. All of a sudden, like you call the cops. <laughs> what is going on? No sense. What is the world coming to? 
<laughs> I and you know, I man, how do I want to put this? I think sexuality happens early enough on in life because we grew up with the with the, there was like a neighbor kid on our street, right? And he was male, right? And you know, sex, male, gender, whatever you want to call it, you know, today, but he had a penis. That much we were sure of. Um, we played with the video games and did the sporting stuff and, you know, the G.I. Joes. I think I had some Chuck Norris action figures and some He-Man stuff. And he went into my sister's room and, like, brushed Barbie's hair, right? Turns out he was gay. And when he came out, we were like, yeah, we, we kind of already knew that, man. <laughs> right? It was evident early on. So I don't, I don't think you're like uh, uh, pushing masculinity by having a boy section. And I don't think you're pushing femininity by having a girl section, right? They will, they will, they will go to the toys that they enjoy, uh, regardless of where you put them in the store. Like they will seek out what they desire. And if you want to blame like marketing for the commercials that they see, you know, like I want this toy because I saw the commercial for it. Fine. Right. But those are also usually on TV shows uh, or cartoons or whatever that they're watching anyway. Right. Like where's your general gender neutral cartoons and what are, what's being advertising on that? Yeah. Well, well there's actually it, people that exist in the world that are upset when their kids aren't transgender, which is weird. <laughs> He's like, leave them alone. <laughs> Either way, leave them alone. Right. If that's well, what they want. Go ahead, Cass. Yeah, I mean, the toy store wants to do that. That should be their business. Uh, but the, the the problem here is that the state makes it mandatory, and and that's uh, just so bizarre because it it reflects this attitude that nobody. It seems like nobody in California can just leave other people alone. They have to impose their values on on other people. Everyone living in California has to have the same value set. Yeah, I mean. That I, it becomes a left-right thing, but you see that more on the left, right? Like on on the right side of the political spectrum, the the um, the stereotype is like rugged individualism, right? The leave me aloneism, the do you know, let me do what I want thing. Uh, but we still need a big military because we got to like you know blow up brown people. But otherwise, leave me alone. Um, that's you know that's associated with the right. And on the left, well, you have, you know, I, I think I think you could find as many examples of the right wing doing that. Like, for example, the uh, the mandates that you have to go to school, that you have to um, um, uh, be, you know, that, uh, let's see what I, I had a whole bunch of uh, things in mind. Uh, uh, drugs, you can't, you know, if you if you smoke marijuana or something like that, off to jail with you. I think the the, the right is just as much into it for an entirely different set of things. They're more traditional things. Right. So they don't, they don't, they don't jump out us as, as obvious as so obvious. Cause we've just been so accustomed to them. I think the left's uh, imposition seem more stark because it's, it's newer. It's a whole new set of stuff. Okay. Well, show me on the left, the counter example for the rugged individualism, you know, the, I can do what I want, leave me alone type of thing. Uh, well, I don't, that's really not associated see- with the left at all. 
No, yeah, well, it is the 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 the, the, re, the re, rebel uh, rebellion against uh, against tradition is is the sort of rugged individualist of the of the left, and on the right, it's uh, you know you've got that, but then they have all this. I mean, the whole school system is uh, originates with the with the right wing. Sure, but rugged individualism on the if you're saying like rugged individualism is just we don't want to do it like like you know they've traditionally done it but we want to do it as a commune as a community in a socialist form i don't get i don't see the rugged individualism in that rebellion right they're not rebelling for rugged individualism they're rebelling for uh everyone for everyone right the opposite i suppose suppose it it's it's whatever happens to come to mind because i i i I don't associate socialism communism with rugged individualism I guess, and I don't think most people do. Well, I think I think uh, the left thinks of Che Guevara as a as an independent rebel against the state and the I mean and, and the tradition and the conservatives and all that. That you know the the motorcycle diaries type of character was a was a rebel, an individual, a lone rebel, um, striking out for a sense of humanity and all that sort of thing. I'm I'm sure they believe that. Yeah, yeah, as far yeah. as like what's on the T-shirt, I'm, yeah, I'm saying that that's that's their their form, their version of, of rugged individualism, okay. standing up against the the tradition and the state and conservatives. The lone rebel calling for socialism for all seems you know like an oxymoron to me. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, okay. yeah, of course, yeah, 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 I, yeah. Like if if that's if that's their uh, like the, you know the, the, their podium individualist right is the guy who wants everyone to be the same right I I think they misunderstand the term and I guess that's that's my point right you you don't the the true rugged individualist like the caricature of the true rugged individualist uh, whether or not they have other characteristics or not on the right seems to come from the right. Right there, there are those yeah. on the right who want to be rugged individualists, and there are those on the right who don't. But you don't the rugged individualism of you know the the libertarianish. Leave me alone. Let me do my own thing. I can be self sufficient. I don't need help from the state. I don't need help from anybody. Right is completely different from I'm I'm rebelling against the man so that we all have equality. You know mm-hmm. they're they, they they're rebels, but one's rebelling for socialism. The, the whole, all the Bernie bros and Bernie Sanders, and then one's rebelling for individualism, which would, I, in my mind would be your like part part of the Ron Paul support team, right? Here's here's an irony in that term, rugged individualism. There was a book written called Rugged Individualism. You know who the author was? It was uh, Herbert Hoover. Okay. And it seemed to characterize to the left that, ah, he was a rugged individualist. And he wasn't at all. He was the, 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 the uh, fascist of, of his day. He wanted to, uh, uh, almost every industry, he wanted to cartelize under government. The radio industry was his biggest coup. Uh, but the airline industry, the postal services, um, food services, he was the... Um, Food administrator in World War One, and then later uh, just desired to take command of the economy in every which way. Uh, so you're right. There's this right. there's this disconnect between 
his behavior and the term rugged individualism, right. which was always uh, sort of um, dismissed by the left as being, oh, that's just uh, the Herbert, Herbert Hoover uh, antiquated guys that don't. But they were they were fascist. <laughs> Right, and I, and I would say anyone using the term rugged individualist to describe the Herbert, Herbert Hoover model of that would be just as misguided as the people uh, holding up, you know, Che Guevara's revolution as some <laughs> sort of revolution for equality amongst the yeah. disenfranchised, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I'm with great you. marketing, poor execution, and, you know, bad examples overall. Sure. So, al- along with gender-neutral toys, or toy sections, or whatever, uh, here's an interesting one. Gender-neutral passports? <laughs> yeah, of course. It shouldn't be any business of the government at all what gender you are. I mean, they don't uh, they don't ask you whether you have a mole on your left uh, ear or something like that. But they, they seem to have to, to know that, and now they've given an X classification for gender-neutral uh, people. I don't, and I, I, I guess the thing I read about it said that 17 countries already have it, so the United States isn't pioneering it. Ah, um, oh, but the first but, person finally got it. In right? the United like States. In the United yeah. States. Right. It's now a thing. Well, um, I always wanted to be an X-man, so there you go. <laughs> And so I, I, they I, think, I think he got screwed up very early. That particular person, I heard his story on the radio this morning. He got particularly screwed up because he was born with one of these rare, rare conditions where um, it wasn't gender obvious. And they did lots of surgeries to, to, um, you know, to make him an obvious boy. When in fact, I, you know, I, I, I don't know the medical details about this, but there are some people who are born... Um, with uh, not a clear um, right. picture of what the gender is. I mean, it's a very rare s- situation. But then, and I usually hate it when those on the left like trot that out, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. that's their go-to for it. See, there's more than two genders, right? But it's yeah, it's yeah. such a statistical anomaly that it's that's- it's an outlier and not worth mentioning in general conversation. Like the vast majority of like gender queer gender non-conforming you know uh uh trans transgendered whatever whatever category you want to be in right do not exhibit those biological characteristics of something being fucked up right they've got yeah. the xx they've got the xy and then something else is miswired in their brain sure. i'll say like, uh, i'll go out on a limb on, on extremely rare circumstances uh People are born joined at the hip or at the head, you know, Siamese twins. Yep. Well, we don't have a whole legal classification for Siamese twins just because occasionally that happens in nature. It it, it means that, uh, you know, it, it, it's a bizarre, strange uh, anomaly. It's not... Uh, right. And when those situations that. come up, we wouldn't make, we wouldn't set legal precedent that applies to everybody... Right, based on you know the the decision passed down on a case of Siamese twins, it just right. doesn't make sense. Like right. that's a one-off. We'll deal with those statistical anomalies on a case by case basis. For the vast majority of society, right here are the rules, if you will. 
<laughs> you could see this going. I mean, well, you know, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it you know, there are all sorts of bizarre ways that this could take, and it's only considered bizarre in my mind because the government has decided to intervene. You know, and if they didn't, then it wouldn't matter what your gender was, and if you know, I don't know. Well, someone oh. might want to know, right? Yeah, well, then like medical the, professionals the, might want to know. It may behoove you to get the proper treatment, right? If your doctors knew what was going on inside, like physically inside, not mentally, different doctor sure. for that, right? But if you're not born with a prostate and you tell your, you know, or you're, you're not born with a prostate, they're not going to do a prostate exam on you to check for that. And there's a very select group of people that need to have that done. And if you're not one of them, it should make a difference. Well, that's the the extremity of this whole thing. Everybody is born different than everybody else. If they start <laughs> mandating identification for every possible configuration, then they're going to have 7 billion different uh, classifications for your passport, uh, <laughs> and not just three. <laughs> Right, but but there there is there is a, a commonality that exists through the vast majority of those seven billion people, right? Or half, yeah. or half and half, right? Yeah, it's we're we're all unique in our own special way, but there's there's such a high degree of commonality on things that we can put a label on that it kind of makes sense to have those labels. Now for a passport. Right? For a government document, I'll have the argument that no, you shouldn't carry one at all. Right? <laughs> That's so true. Uh, I, I agree entirely. The government uh, doesn't have any need for those things. And, I mean, yeah. go ahead. No, finish your thought. Uh, well, and, but I mean, they do, but, uh, but those are the first things that, um, you know, those, those are among the things that we could just dispense with in a, Truly right. free society, right. a truly free society. People can 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 seek out the the community uh, or the business, uh, the you know that uh, as you choose, and therefore that's the great rugged individual where you're you're seeking out every lifestyle choice all on your own. You know, not looking to the government to mandate any of that. Right, and and now, right that it's an option. Uh, I think they did this in New Hampshire because I, I have a, a friend who, you know, by all the evidence, appears to be a man, right? He looks like a man, uh, dresses like a man, has a beard like a man, married a woman, you know, does dude things. Um, and yet here in New Hampshire, uh, when he made the move, they, 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 they gave us the choice on the driver's license for like MF or X. And he went with F. So uh, on his driver's license, his New Hampshire state ID, uh, he's listed as female. And it was funny. You know, like, wow, look at that. And, you know, he's like, yes. And now if I start a business, I can go after all these, like, minority loans, right? <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a female business owner. Uh, he's, he's pasty white. Um, so I don't know if he's going to get, you know, the, the, the minority color loans, but he's got, you know, he's like, I can join like the, the female business association or like whatever things that they have specifically for females. Like I can do, I can do all of this now that I have the F. Um, 
And my original suggestion when they did it here, and I'll throw this out here for the passports, right, is now you can fuck with them completely. If you if you have to go get one of these government documents, just everyone should be an X at this point, right? Yeah. Then it then then their entire system of you know identifying people a certain way uh, goes out the window. Uh, I know it's a joke, and I I know that this wouldn't fly in court, right? But if there's like an APB out for you know a six foot white male. And you get stopped and you go like, no, here, officer, here's my ID. I'm clearly a six foot white female. You've got the wrong guy, right? Well, what if I'm a, what if I'm a six foot X <laughs> or that? Yeah. Or say, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy you're looking for, right? Then they have no way. If every, if everyone's an X, how do you distinguish in any, in any respect, Right. For the for the government side of thing, it'd be wonderful. It's you know, it's one less thing. It's one less way for them to identify anybody if you wipe it out. So, I'm I I am against government mandated identification. I'm against you know government IDs in general. Um, but it's as long as they're going to have these things, and as long as they're going to offer the ability to put whatever you want on there, uh, I would highly advise everyone to just go with X, right? Make everyone an X, and then that particular uh, uh, category of identification is deemed useless, right? Like on job applications, right? Male, female, like that. It's usually an optional question. Male, female, race, right? Um, you know, when when I when I've had to fill those out in the past, uh, I've usually put um, you know, like I've left the male, female blank, right? Because it, it shouldn't matter. You know, you see my name, you've already made an assumption of my gender. Um, and then on, on the race, on the, you know, if there's a right and option, just put human, right? So we're all human X at this point, and it's a, and it's a meaningless statistic, right? Yeah. When they come around to do the census, and all of a sudden there's 300 million uh, human Xs in the United States, what do you do with that information? Then you don't even have to worry about the toy store. Everyone's an X. It's not a male or female section. It's the X toy store. We've just merchandised it conveniently for our shoppers. But the entire store is gender neutral. You can be male or female or X and walk into the store and buy whatever you want. You don't have to go to the blue section. You don't have to go to the pink section. We don't separate you like cattle as you walk in. You can only shop in this particular area. As an X, you have full reign to the entire store. All right. In other news, uh, I, I just remembered what, what happened that I wanted to talk about. Oh, go for it. So uh, this uh, media outlet called Revolver says they found information that there's a certain provocateurs or instigators for the January 6th uh, attack on the, on the Capitol. You don't say. And so they called out some of these people, uh, FBI agents, Stuart Rhodes and Ray Epps. And uh, it was even convincing enough that uh, uh, Tucker Carlson 
started talking about it and there, there's supposedly some documentary about it out now. Okay. Um, or maybe November 1st is coming out. So, um, anyway, so that's coming and, um, I kind of believe it's probably true. Um, in, in light of also the fact that, uh, the FBI was warned ahead of time that there was going to be a lot of angry people and, they neglected to get more security for the Capitol. Yeah. That came out then, right at the beginning, right? Capitol right. police was like, we need more help. We need more help. We need more help. Shit. We're overrun. Yeah. Yeah. And so it looks like it was planned. Um, and it looks like, uh, and, and I think, you know, I don't even know how true it is either, but even some of the attacks previously on not, not the Capitol, but, um, uh, the BLM protests and stuff. I think yep. there was, probably some uh, provocateurs there. Um, and no, they also not even came. probably they caught one. Yeah. It was a yeah. provocate. He's on video. There was a provocateur like smashing windows. And when they said, bro, don't do that. That's not what we're about. He like ran to the police station and hid. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it definitely happens. And, and it's crazy. And, but even then in the past, they, they did the same thing which is they, they prevented private organizations from defending their own stores. So stores are getting burned down. They said, no, you can't defend it. It's like, well, yeah, you can't defend it against the cops that are burning down your store. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cra- it's, it's really crazy times. And, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past the, the government to, to stage something like that just because, you know, they, they hate Trump so much. I mean, yeah. um, and I, I understand it but it's it's still shocking you know it's like if if you're that disgusted by by Trump then basically that that gives people the moral superiority to do anything well there was there was the follow up protest right a couple of months ago that was highlighted by the fact that only only government agents and provocateurs showed up right mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what that was like you know the rally at the capitol or whatever you know to, to support whoever's being arrested and the memes were phenomenal, right? Of the, you know, same haircut, buzzed cut, uh, khaki cargo pants, same boots, same watch, <laughs> same sunglass dude standing around. And it came out of nowhere, right? Like everyone's like, there's another, there's another rally, another protest. I don't know. <laughs> no one knew anything about it. And the only people that showed up were the government agents. <laughs> and and maybe you know and maybe uh, a, a member of the press, but the the, the right. I don't even know. Here's the thing, like maybe this is my personal bias. So feel free to like call me out on it if you wish. Um, I don't even know if the January sixth insurrection right required a provocateur at all, because if ever there was a quote unquote mostly peaceful protest, like that was it. Well. They needed, uh, I mean, if, if it was going to happen like it happened, they needed someone to push them in, you know, into more rage enough to do it. And that's the thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if there needed to be rage, right? Because the cops opened the doors and invited people in, and the people well, who were raging inside the Capitol were smiling and taking selfies and doing, like, you know, yeah. bad boy touristy stuff, not... I- 
destroying the building, burning it down and trying to like take over, you know, the government. Yeah. That, that was a little bit later. So initially though, and that, and that's the thing there, there was, uh, the initial group. And, and I think that's, what's going to come out in the documentary about how it actually happened. Um, there, there was, you know, the, the provocateurs were the ones that basically made the hole. And then, and that's, this was like 30 minutes or an hour before, the the crowds made it there um so yeah they did it it, it seems like it was planned what do you mean Um, made the hole so there was yeah and so i i don't like i said i don't know that much about it okay Um, but uh, but from what i read there was um the the early people and the the people that the fbi you know these uh, eps and uh, the other person were involved with. Um, they they were the ones to uh, s- set up the chaos uh, early okay. to make it and and to uh, to make it look like there was a, a, an, an opportunity there. Okay. And so even more so that it would be hard to blame Trump because that means they were there stirring shit up before the Trump supporters actually got there. Right, exactly. And that's that's the whole point. Yeah. My memory might be a little foggy, but I watched the coverage of this live, right? Mm-hmm. Like I you know, I was at work and I put it on in the background, you know, the Fox News feed or whatever. And, you know, Trump got up, gave his speech, right? And then didn't direct anybody to the Capitol. Didn't say like, "Now we're going to go take over." Right? right? It was like, you know, the the protest at the Capitol was already planned. And then it was let your voices be heard, right? Because I don't know, redress of grievances uh, is part of the founding documents, right? right. We're allowed to do so, shit like this, even by well, that, government standards. Yeah, but there, there was my point is there was people uh, going uh, attacking the Capitol before Trump was even done. That's what I'm and, saying. If that's true, then yeah. they can't blame Trump because he didn't give the order to them ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. They were already they were already acting in such a manner prior to him ending his speech or starting his speech even potentially, if what mm-hmm. you're saying is true. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, that <laughs> uh, it's not going to be on YouTube. It's fucking tell you that much. They'll they'll suppress well, it, that thing as much as possible. If it's it the, might be on the truth. Carlson's show on 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 Fox News. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be amazing. And then it'll be everywhere. You can't, you can't stop it from being on YouTube once it's on Tucker Carlson. Oh, no. they yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I will occasionally come across Tucker Carlson videos on YouTube, and it is always from a different channel. Right. And the yeah, reason, that's what I'm saying. Right, but it's because the, the attempted suppression is so great that it requires multiple, you know, multiple channels uploading the same shit for it to actually mm-hmm. get out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then yeah. that video disappears from the ether when they finally catch on and, you know, and they boot it. So it's, it's difficult, but they, there, there are suppression attempts being made all the time mm-hmm. on YouTube. But yeah. So look, look, look for it on Odyssey, look for it on Rumble or whatever. Uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how much veracity there is to it. Um, because the, the, the narrative is still that it was an insurrection. And I, I will call it an insurrection because that people then know what I'm talking about. 
Uh, right. <laughs> but in no way do I believe that it was an actual insurrection. Right. right. It wasn't it's, a government. It's a mostly coup. it's a mostly peaceful insurrection. What? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. But it's not even an insurrection. <laughs> there was there was no attempt like that whole that whole protest. Right. There was no stated goal, attempt, or you know even a theoretical possibility that those group of protesters were going to take over the government of the United States. Right. All right. It's not a military coup. We're like, okay, we own the capital. Now we're in charge, right? Fucking, uh, what, what, what's the, the, uh, the Trump shaman, whatever they call that dude, right? He was not going to be, uh, the new person in charge of the United States, even oh, if they got control so of the building. What's the QAnon shaman? What's that? So sad that he's not. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, could, can't be that much worse than Biden. <laughs> yeah. Could be, could have been an improvement, um, but it's, it's it seems to me like if you're going to do an actual insurrection, there there has to be that has to be like part of it, right? Like we are taking over, and if we win, we're in charge. And I didn't, I did not get that feeling. Yeah, that was it was no, not I think presented at, like that. At worst, they were trying to disrupt the vote counting because they they thought that uh, it was. Uh, it was it was uh, being miscounted. So, well, um, they were right, you know. And and so the insurrection wasn't really for them to be in charge. It was be, it was to keep Trump in, in charge. Okay, um, it's, but the votes were going to get counted eventually. I mean, you know, right. right. The, the, the only actually, way to stop that would have been to take over and like you know the, not the effect do the that it had was was that all the people that were embarrassed by what happened gave up trying to support Trump after that point. Yeah, well there's your conspiracy theory right well, there. Right? Well, I mean it was going to it was going to be Biden regardless, but there was people standing up uh, against uh the 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 vote totals as they were, but then they just gave up because of, of the embarrassment that happened. Yeah. So. No, I get it. And, uh, and and again, I'm saying like that's the conspiracy, right? It's the 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 um the counter protest the the controlled opposition was there to right. to cause that state of embarrassment so people would go away and that and suppress Maybe. the truth it's as Maybe. good a theory as anything else it's no there's no evidence otherwise right like it, it happened the way it happened and people make up stories about it it's what we do it's why people are popular with conspiracy theories going like, well it's plausible given the amount of lying cover-ups and corruption in you know all levels of government you know no one ever gets the truth. You just believe the story that makes most sense to you. And to me, what makes most sense is that was not an insurrection. Nowhere near an insurrection had no possibility or potential of being an insurrection. And yet I'm still okay. Sort of okay. Um, with that one chick getting shot because you don't, you don't break a window and try to climb through it. Right. In the, in the, (laughs) in the middle of chaos, where people are trying to, you know, defend themselves or whatever and not expect it to, to you know, like when, yeah. when you put yourself no, I, in the violence, you get, you get shot. I expected way more violence. So yeah, it's, it's really quite shocking that, that there wasn't more. Well, there might, without sounding too racist MC, there might be a reason for that too. There's a lot, there's a lot more violence and chaos and rioting. Uh, in the you know the Black Lives Matter protests, yeah, most of those people are white anyway. From the left, yeah, 
Yeah. So the violence, the violence and the chaos, right? Leftist tactic. If you want to, you know, I'll throw that out there. Dispute it. We can argue, <laughs> but it's there. Right. Antifa, even, even amongst anarchists, right? Black block tactics, left anarchism. I'm okay with it. I wouldn't consider myself like a left anarchist necessarily, but they do some things right. And I think that, you know, I, I you call it a uniform if you want to, but I, I do think that everyone dressing the same to obfuscate identification um, is a worthwhile tactic when you're going to go do bad things to the state. And then when they say right. they, they can't find, you know, they're, no, we, we can't find the, the guy who stole whatever it is from you, right? But they look at the video of the riot and they go like, well, that shade of black is different from this shade of black. And we traced it down to his grandmother who said he bought it as a gift, you know, off of Etsy. And we found that seller. So we tracked the payment options, right? You know that they're capable of investigating things more thoroughly than they do for you as an individual, Right. When they want to find the information, they have their sword. They have their technology and the ways to find the information. Uh, but w- when it's you asking them to provide them for, to provide you with the service you paid for, ah, well, we just you just our hands are kind of tied. Leads have dried up, and we got nothing to go on. Sorry, fill out a claim with your insurance company, and you know, hopefully they'll cover the payment for you. Right? That's the difference. Anything else? No. All right. Headlines? Do you want to do some headlines? What do you got? I've got them. Not a lot this week, but that's okay because we're we're rolling along here. Headline? Oh, maybe we can do this one because this was uh, this is a, a couple weeks old. I don't know why it took me so long to get it up here. Uh, headline: Taxi driver freed from Guantanamo Bay after 17 years of brutal torture with no charges. <clears throat> Headline. Americans now prefer smaller government, but may not get it. Uh, Headline, this woman served 11 years in prison on a marijuana charge. She's been sent back over a clerical error. Uh, Headline, defining the state is no secret. Uh, Headline, Australian, (laughs) sorry, Australian farmers would have had to gun down their cattle if government imposed methane emission limits by 2030, uh, Deputy Prime Minister says. Uh, headline, the right speed limit is your limit. And finally, headline, uh, three ways government spending is ripping us off. Any place in particular, any of those like jump out at you, MCKS? I want to know how I'm getting ripped off. Okay. Three, yeah. is it, is it same for you, KS? Uh, yeah, I would say, okay. uh, yeah, pretty much the same. <laughs> Three ways government spending is ripping us off. For many decades, the United States and almost every other country in the world has been haunted by fiscal deficits. However, normal people do not seem to realize how it can affect their lives and their well-being. Many people around the world simply do not care about how the fiscal policy of their perspective, or the, excuse me, of their respective country is, and the government's use, the lack of, of interest to advance their monstrous deficits. The problem seems to be that people do not think the government spending is related to them in any way. Nonetheless, it is easy to demonstrate how deficits not only affect our lives, but are also making us poorer. 
the first thing to know about government spending is that it's financed by the taxpayers' dollars. So every time the deficit grows, the state is going to take more and more of our money in order to cover that. There are three ways the bureaucrats steal from us to finance their populist measures, and those are taxes, debt, which count as future taxes, and inflation. In the following paragraphs, I will detail how each one of these works and shows that everyone should be paying attention to what the government is spending. When the government chooses taxes as a way to finance their spending, it is easy to notice that would have a terrible outcome for the entire economy. The state would take money away from the productive members of society who are, of course, individuals and companies, translating to less savings, less investment, and less growth. As a consequence of smaller economic growth, we get poorer society and less well-being. The graphic below shows the relation between government spending and taxation since 1900 in the United States. Uh, and you can, you know, the show notes are on the Telegram, so you can take a look at the graph yourself. Another option that governments often use and is significantly more popular than taxation is debt. The state borrows money from other countries or from private banks in order to pay the fiscal deficit. However, the debt does not magically disappear. The only difference between deficit and debt is that the second one is going to be paid in the future and it will have interest. Therefore, the debt is only making future administrations and future unborn humans pay for the current indecent spending. This means that future generations of individuals will be taxed by future administrations to pay for past fiscal deficits. Debt is more than just a loan. It is future taxation. It is taxation without representation because many of those who are going to pay are not born yet. And it is, without a doubt, immoral. Finally, the last resource available for the government to pay for the fiscal deficit and destroy taxpayer savings is inflation which is probably the most secret and destructive of the three options. This last tool used by politicians does not only involve the federal government, but it also involves the Federal Reserve in the United States and the central banks in other countries. Because the government can decide to pay the deficit by using newly printed money, of course this is more common in countries where the central bank is directly dependent on the federal government, if the state and central bank decide to print money to cover the deficit, it will create the known phenomenon of inflation, whose consequences we all know are higher prices, loss of purchasing power, uh, depreciation of savings, and more. The state destroys our currency to finance its colossal spending, and as if it were not enough, it mandates citizens to keep using the same devalued money. Each of these three ways for the government to pay for the fiscal deficit are already bad separately, but unfortunately, the state does not limit itself to one of these measures at a time, but applies all of them at the same time. And as everyone can imagine, we have an economic disaster. Although we can see these kinds of criminal policies being applied almost everywhere, we need to take a special look at the states who practice them at the most extreme levels. And a great example is Argentina. Uh, which had a deficit of 8.87% of gross domestic product in 2020 and a debt of 102% of GDP. The results are inflation rate of 36.1% and 42% poverty rate, a 10.5% rate of extreme poverty, and an unemployment rate of 11.67% in 2020. In other words, Argentina is complete and utter chaos, and it should serve as a lesson to every country around the world 
control the government spending, or suffer the sad and inevitable consequences of disastrous policies. Uh, Argentina, the case study. The Argentinian government has applied this recipe of high spending and huge debts for almost a century. To understand how the country reached the numbers mentioned before, we should take a look at the last two decades of economic policy, specifically from uh, 2001 to 2020. In 2001, Argentina had the biggest crisis of its history. The president resigned and a transitional government was put in place until the 2003 election. By the year of the election, the economy was naturally recovering from the crisis on its own. The GDP had grown 8.8% after dropping 10.9% the two years before. Argentina had reached a surplus of 0.5% and inflation was around 3.7%. This natural recovery, growth in GDP, fiscal surplus, and one-digit inflation kept happening. However, the new elected president, Nestor Kirchner, left-wing, was taking credit for it, and his government started to spend more and increase the size of the state. After Nestor left office in 2007, his wife, Christina Kirchner, followed her husband's policies and went even further. She nationalized several companies and expanded social programs. This caused the public spending to increase from 28.7% in 2007 to 42.2% in 2015. The debt increased in absolute values from more than $165 billion to more than $240 billion, and the inflation went from 8.83% in 2007 to 10.62% in 2013. In 2015, the Kirchner era ended, and the new president, Mauricio Macri, claimed he would solve Argentina's problems. However, he was more of the same and kept applying the economic policies of the Kirchners. The bad economic policies of the last government therefore continued, and this added to the inability of the new government to implement reforms. As everyone would expect, the results were even worse under Macri's administration because although he applied the same Keynesian policies, the country was already broken in contrast, was when the Kirshners took power. In Mauricio Macri's final year, we had 53.55% inflation, a deficit of 36.1%, and a debt of more than $323 billion, 88.8% uh, of the GDP. Now, Christina Kirchner has come back to power as vice president, and obviously, nothing has changed. If Argentina, if Argentina keeps going down the same path with bigger deficits financed with higher taxes, bigger debt, and higher inflation, the outcome will be more poverty, more unemployment, and less well-being. Argentina is a most extreme case of what a huge government deficit can cause, and its case shows why every citizen should hold the state accountable and pay attention to public spending. In the end, the people end up paying for the government's immense bill with inflation, taxes, and poverty. End of the article. So, your thoughts, and then if you can or want to, are related to the financial mess uh, that the United States currently finds itself in. I'm going to set this one up. KS? No, no. I don't have anything to add. Okay, moving on then. Australian farmers would have had to gun down their cattle 
if government imposed methane emission limits by 2030, Deputy Prime Minister said. Australia's Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce has said the country's farmers would have to grab a rifle and shoot their cattle to curb methane emissions if the government's net zero plan did not have a livestock exclusion. On Thursday, the National Party leader claimed he had wrangled a carve-out commitment from Prime Minister Scott Morrison to exclude agricultural methane emission from the country's 2050 emission reduction target. Uh, Joyce told reporters a U.S. and Europe-backed pledge for a 30% uh, cut in methane emissions by 2030 expected to be launched at the upcoming COP26 climate conference would be a disaster for Australia's beef, dairy, and feedlot industries. Earlier this week, Morrison released his government's plan to reach net zero emissions by 2050 and announced that Australia was on track to better its targets for the end of the decade. However, he has resisted calls to release details of the modeling basis for the plan or review the terms of a reported deal to secure the National Party's support. But Joyce told reporters that his party, which is the junior partner in the coalition government, had been absolutely explicit that it would support a strategy only if any limits on methane emission was absolutely categorically ruled out. Noting that the party had secured the commitment through diligent work and prudent oversight, Joyce said it would offer the insurance that protects regional industries, which underpins regional towns. If the nationals had stood aside, he claimed angry farmers would have been absolutely melting the phones down since it affected their livelihood. However, Morrison later dismissed his deputy's claims, stating that negotiations with the nationals had not influenced the government's position on methane emission. He insisted that Australia never had any plans to sign up to the Global Methane Pledge, which had been a topic of discussion at a September meeting of major economies in which the country had participated. Under our plan, we wouldn't be putting any mandates on farmers. We won't be targeting them in any way as part of our emission reduction plan, he said, adding that excluding the agricultural sector from the revenue streams and the income sources in the net zero commitment would be a great disadvantage. But Joyce had insisted that his party had absolutely 100% worked to convince the government. We went into a place where it wasn't clear, and we made sure absolutely absolutely affirmed that that would be the case, he said, claiming the exclusion would also extend to responsibility over scope three emissions of methane resulting from the export process. Prior to this new back and forth within the coalition, Morrison's net zero plan had already prompted criticism over its lack of detail, ambition, and credibility due to the lack of new policy announcements or legislations to achieve it. The government had also come under fire for refusing to rework its 2030 emission reduction target between 26 and 28% from 2005 levels. Instead, it has reportedly released updates projections that show Australia will reduce emissions by between 30 and 35% compared to 2005 levels, a focal point of the UN Climate Summit in reducing global emissions by 45% by 2030 in order to limit rising temperatures to 1.5 uh, Celsius by 2050. End of the article. So do they need to shoot the cows and or why is only agriculture getting an exemption, right? If they're, ex- if they're exempting agriculture for a net zero policy, does that then shift that burden onto the rest of the economy, the, the rest of the businesses? And why don't they get their own exclusions? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
you're pitting every sector of the economy against every other sector. Because in order to meet this outrageous uh, criteria, you exempt exempt agriculture. That means it doubles down on every other industry. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's, or it's, it's not really a, a zero, a net zero uh, carbon or. or whatever it's not methane. It's not even carbon right methane, methane. okay yeah. anyway it's not really net zero anyway it's less than net zero that's what they're going to settle with well they would have to right otherwise that, that entire burning gets shifted on other sectors right yeah. agriculture I think, I think gets a bump and everybody else gets you know gets the hose well everybody else has to be net zero except for agriculture is what they're saying understood but that that means that they're not net zero right Exactly. Because ag- agriculture, that's not how net zero works, right? Well, net- if you just exclude them, then everything else can be net zero. Sure. If, they, if, you, just, if you just don't count them. Yeah. So if, not, if you, it, that, go ahead. Yeah. It's not, it's not that all other industries have to make up for the, the methane that is being produced by agriculture. It's, not, uh, it's, it's just that uh, they don't count that. Yeah, and if you exclude uh, gas, food, and housing, right, inflation's not that big of a problem here in the United States either. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think the, you know, uh, man, I want to say a person with average intelligence, but I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Uh, but I'll say a, a person with average intelligence can read through the bullshit, I hope. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter to them. It's, 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 it's just so they can, you know, put something on their resume. Okay. Like, oh, we did, we made that zero happen. It's like, okay, sure you did. Yeah. They, and, and it's not even like they're making it happen now. They're making it happen in 2030, 2050, right? Yeah. Like they, they, they'll take the credit for it now and, for putting the policy into effect. But if it doesn't happen, then they're, they're not responsible for it at that point either. The other part about, they, they shouldn't be worried about methane at all because it doesn't stay in the atmosphere very long. It, it gets oxidized and it falls. Okay. And so it's completely mind-boggling how stupid it is to worry about that sort of thing. Okay. I mean, I, I hear you, and you're right. It's, and it's it, stupid for them to worry about a lot of things that they go meddling and in. It's, and it's also uh, less radiative transfer than... Uh, CO2, but even CO2 isn't a big deal because it's covered mostly by uh, water vapor. So water vapor uh, absorbs most of the radiation that, that CO2 would absorb anyway. So um, really, I don't know. They shouldn't be worrying about any any type of uh, gas in the atmosphere. Yeah. KS, uh, does this have uh, yeah. any impact on, you know, like, property rights or anything like that like the the government needs to step in uh because no one you know no one property can be damaged and trace it back to the you know the damaging the harmful effects of one particular company so we need the government to step in and regulate everybody to protect those smaller individuals yeah i'm sure that uh i mean uh, yeah property rights are out the window entirely because the government has just decided how much <clears throat> they're going to control it, uh, on everybody's uh, activities. All of this is ludicrous. I, I mean, I I keep seeing these things that um, uh, that Tony Heller puts out, and, and uh, also uh, Bjorn Lomborg and others who just say that this is all such a a made up sham uh, that it's a matter of control, just like the coronavirus, and 
and they'll use whatever fear and panic they can to get control. Okay. So methane, not even a problem. Government intervention already overblown. Australia, you're still doing it wrong. Figure shit out, and hopefully they won't bring that stuff here. Yeah. Final thoughts? Uh, no, thanks. All right, let's wrap no. this baby up. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Aloha.